0: Segment two, Golden Black Live, Coach Matt Painter. Uh, and uh, we always appreciate his time. It's hard to believe it's October the 6th, actually, when this airs. And you're already 10 days through practice. But you're, you've are you been through practice and, and everything else. Uh, it doesn't seem to stop anymore, Coach. Uh, talk a little bit about how practice is going and just that uh, your, your team is uh, going at it and getting ready for the season.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing that jumps – out you know is even though you have a lot of people that return you know you do start over yeah you don't want to miss any steps you don't want to miss any building blocks teaching points and um you know the devil's in the details you know you got to be fundamentally sound and you got to work on those things and you got to work on being together and obviously you got to have a great competitive spirit and um we're excited about the season we like our pieces um I think everybody is feels good about the guys that have experience and um, they understand the program and they understand what it's all about. And uh, obviously we had a lot of success last year. We had a heartbreaking loss to finish the year. And hopefully that we can use that as motivation um, along with, you know, adding some key pieces, you know, I think we think we've added some pieces athletically and um, competitively that'll, that'll really help our team.
0: You know, I I go back to your first year and you had guys that you loved as players. You weren't very talented. I'm talking about your first year as head coach at Purdue. You're on kind of both ends of the spectrum. Great guys and and hard workers that built a foundation for your program. And now you're you're into it with with maybe your most talented team on paper that you've ever had. Just the differences between that. I mean, you talk about the building blocks and what you have to do as a coach. Is it still, you got to check those boxes and make sure everything gets gets dealt with the same way yeah. you did with your
1: first team? Well, you know, my first year as a head coach on top of the the year I was an assistant with Coach Katie is the worst two-year period in the history of Purdue basketball yeah. when it comes to wins. Yeah. And the best two-year period in the history of Purdue basketball when it comes to wins is the last two years. Yeah. And so when you have the tough losses that we've had at the end, sometimes that gets lost. But I, I don't want that lost with our players. You know, I want them to feel good about that because those are great accomplishments. To be number one in the country back-to-back years, to be the first Purdue team to win a regular season championship and a tournament championship. So we did a lot of good things. Um, you know, we were the number one team in the country in free throw disparity. We were the number one team in the country in fewest fouls. Um, We were a great offensive rebounding team. Um, We generated the best shot in the country in an analytics group called Shot Quality, the number one shot. We had the number one offense in the country, efficiency versus top 100 opponents. Um, We had the number 14 uh, defense in the country against top 100 opponents. Now it was worse against everybody, which makes no sense because Mm -hmm. it should be harder to play better competition, but we were technically better against better teams. And that is, that's a good thing, I guess. Right. Um, But it's also a little puzzling. Um, You know, we have to do a a better job or I have to do a better job. I should say of of having that kind of competitive fear, you know Um, you know, because a lot of the teams that we play at that low to mid level, you play at home. Now when you get on neutral sites or you get on the road and you know, you have to be able to play, and play at a high level, no matter what. And, and we just haven't done that in the tournament um, against lower you know, level teams, um, which are good teams, right? Yeah. But they still are teams that I think we should have fared better. And as a head coach, like that's something you have to face and you have to take responsibility for. And I think that's contagious and your players will follow that lead and then you use it as motivation and you become better. And um, you wish it doesn't happen. But, you know, you become better and, and you work on it. But we're doing a real a lot of good things. The year before, our defensive numbers weren't very good at all. The year we went to the Sweet 16. And, um, you know, we didn't do anything different. And we went from yeah. like 83 to 14. Yeah. Um, but we played harder and we played more together. And we held each other accountable. And that's where we have to grow defensively. We got to keep growing in that area. And I think we really can. I think we can become a better defensive team Even though we put ourselves in a really good spot last year, I thought Zachary really improved his defense, especially his ball screen defense, Mm -hmm. his ability to dominate the glass and just all the attention he garners. Um, So just, you know, building off of that, but also building off the improvement um, of all of our guys on our front line. I think Caleb, Mason, Trey, um, I think we have the best front line in the country. I love our guard play. Obviously, Fletch and Braden becoming sophomores. Uh, normally, those guys that get a lot of experience as a freshman, they make those big jumps. We got a lot of experience right there. Brian Waddell is healthy. Ethan Morton um, has another year underneath his belt um, of experience. So you can't, you know, have enough of it. And then obviously, you know, a lot of the young guys, Will Berg, Cam Heide, uh Miles Colvin, you know, so like, you know, we have a lot of guys right in there. And then Lance Jones, I think, is really going to help our team. He gives us uh, quickness. He gives us um, a defensive weapon, a guy that can guard a point, but also guard a two. And, you know, he was an all defensive team guy for a couple of years in the Missouri Valley for Southern Illinois. So I like our pieces and I like where we are, um, you know, kind of comparing it to you start a foundation, you know, 20 years ago, but you're really pigging back in your foundation off of what was already there, which was very fortunate for me because obviously Coach Katie is one of the best coaches ever. And we've always tried to grow and make make changes, um depending on our personnel, especially offensively. Yeah. You want to play to your strengths, but you want to play to your top two to three guys. So we just got to keep getting better at what we do and um, you know, and play better at the end of the year. I mean, I just I mean that just sums it up, right? Like, you know, we've <laughs> yeah. done some really good things you got to get there and, and, and play better and coach better. And um, I I know some of our misfortunes wasn't because of a lack of effort or guys were doing something silly, you know, like, you know, we had them prepared. They were prepared. We went out. Sometimes you have those games and, you know, we we have to play in those games, even if we miss shots without turning the basketball over. That's probably the number one schematic thing that I would say in those games. And you shoot a high volume of threes and miss them. Well, that's that's a lot of opportunities to rebound. Um, But if you're going to shoot a high volume of threes and miss them and turn the ball over, that's a recipe for disaster. I don't care who you are. You can't turn the basketball over. I don't care if that's non-conference, conference, conference, NCAA tournament. And you're just helping yourself. I always say that's Purdue beating Purdue. And, you know, we just have to keep dominating the glass and then take care of the ball. And then when you win those possession wars and you got good players, which we do, you're going to be in good spots.
0: Yeah. Competitive fear is an interesting term and, and a good one. I think for, it may pertain to a lot of things you have to deal with as a, as a staff this year. Uh, you know, you've got mature guys, uh, at least uh, certainly everything you see from, from an age standpoint, an experience standpoint, but keeping the noise out or keeping the focus on what you need to focus on. Obviously, there'll be there's always been a huge focus on the NCAA tournament. It hasn't been the way you wanted it the last three years, maybe, but how have you as a coach kind of figured that out and said, you know, this is how we're going to deal with some of that noise that's out there. And some of that feeling of, Hey, this, they don't do anything until they get the NCAA tournament. None of that. None of the rest of this stuff matters. How do you, how do you address that if you do it all?
1: Yeah. Well, you don't address noise. Um, You know, successful people don't go on Twitter and dog out <laughs> successful people when they fail.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's people that don't do it or people that really aren't a part of it. They don't understand that piece of it. Um but it's still out there. And, and and that's something you know, it's like poison underneath your sink. Yeah. It can stay there and it won't bother anybody if it just stays there, but if you pick it up and drink it, um it will. So I think it's focusing on the things that we have done so well mm-hmm. and, and keep it there and you know, Tony Dungy always talks about being better at what we do. And I I think that's a big piece for us. We got to be better at what we do, but we also got to, you know, embrace some things. And, you know, that, that to me, it starts with turnovers when you get to basketball. Yeah. You know, that that's always been the big thing for me is, you know, handle the glass, take care of the basketball. And it's profound, right? I mean, every coach in America should say that. Um, But that's what it comes down to. Don't get away. The game hasn't changed. And, and now, when you get into those same situations, that's where you scrap. That's where you scrap and you play and you play hard and you keep the possessions. When you keep the possessions, you're always going to have opportunity, even when you're missing shots. Now, obviously, um, when you're making shots, that helps out. That helps out a lot. So, we just got to keep working on the offensive end and keep working defensively and and, and keep getting better at what we do. It's not something that we've discussed a lot. But it it is it is things that we we've talked about in some of our seminars and some of our group talks um, about is like you know let's use this as motivation, but let's get better at some things that we struggled at too. Yeah,
0: coach, you know when you have um, you know you don't it's not a situation at least from my untrained eye maybe uh, of needing too many basketballs, but you do do need more time. In other words. You're not going to have an with with at least this appearance of your roster. You're never going to have enough time for all the. You know, you could play Mason Gillis 40 minutes. You may not. You're not going to be able to necessarily do that. And some guys may not play as much as they did last year. How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, it still is a. It's based on the guys getting the job done on the court and and whatever measure that you use to measure that. But that still is a challenge as a coach as you continue to move to, through this year you've got a lot of pieces like you keep saying
1: yeah it's a it's a great challenge because we have a deep team we have a good team and so that's what you want as a coach you know you want to have options and we and we have those options and so you know it it's always when the guy doesn't play it bothers and sometimes they've done nothing wrong yeah. and that's hard to swallow because normally you take it as like what did i do wrong when in reality someone else is just playing more so when you when you go back and you kind of look at different things and you have seven, eight guys you feel good about, it that's easy. But when you have a full team you feel good about, now the competition's got to sort it out. And sometimes that competition ends up being pretty equal. And that's where, as a coach, you know, you, you have to be able to, you know, Zach is a, is a big piece of what we do, obviously, Consensus National Player of the Year. And that's one of the things that I always talk about when you have guys that are really good players that draw a lot of attention, you know, who where's our value as a team with people that coexist with him. Right. So it's not just, okay, this guy's better than that guy. It kind of gets to, especially on the offensive end, like who's the best guy to play with him. Like who throws the ball inside to him? Like, you know, who's the four that stretches the defense or who's a four that can post up or who's the four that can guard the best. Right. That might be three different answers for me right there. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so like, when you look at it, that's a hell of a problem. That's a good problem for me to have. And I'm glad I have it. I think our staff has done a great job. Our players have worked really hard. Um, I think we're really motivated and um, it's a long season though. And you got to yeah. keep that in perspective, but um, you get foul trouble, you get injuries, a lot of things happen and you're going to need everybody. And, and that's what we have to do. Like no matter what, even if some guys have started before or played major minutes If they don't start or it plays less, you know, we got to have a great attitude and we got to stay there and you just stay ready as a player. You know, if you got to get ready, it's probably too late. You just stay ready. And if you're playing 15 minutes, 15 is not the lowest number. You got to understand that. If you're going to get mad at 15, it can be 10, you know, you got to be at 15 and there's nothing wrong with, with, with not liking it, but you got to keep that clear head. So now when you get more of a chance, you make the most of it. So, you know, you can, you can help yourself and help our team. And um, what's cool about it is we got a lot of really good guys and I know they'll pull for each other. And uh, that's what you need. Cause it's going to be, you know, different guys each night stepping up to help us win. All
0: right. You have that, you talk about that long season, really an impressive schedule. Maybe that's also your, your obviously walk in as a probably a consensus top five team coming into this season, but You know, you go to Hawaii, not to Maui, but to certainly to the big, to to Honolulu, but uh, Toronto, uh, Arkansas. Talk about that and just that that, uh, you've had some difficult schedules, but this is a challenging non-conference schedule to say the least. But maybe what this team really needs.
1: Yeah, it's probably our toughest schedule we've had, um, you know, at at Purdue since I've been here. Um, We'll see. It still has to unfold right, but on paper you know playing Alabama and Toronto uh, get Zach back in Toronto to play Xavier here yeah. at home and then play Arizona and Indianapolis to go along with the Honolulu trip and all all the teams that are going to be there will definitely play Gonzaga then either uh, Tennessee or Syracuse then obviously having the chance to play a uh, you know teams like Marquette UCLA Kansas mm-hmm. like that's you know something for us that you know that's what you want and i thought last year you know our ability to win those four games straight Um, the Marquette game, which they really outplayed us for the first 30 minutes of the game. And then we really played well that last 10 minutes to close it out. And Braden had a great game and then to be able to beat you know, West Virginia, Gonzaga and Duke, you know, that was huge for us. We weren't ranked and we ran up to number five in the polls at that time. And, and so we just kind of use that as a springboard and that's what you want. And even if you have some losses in that fray that we mentioned, you know, just keep going and keep learning and keep getting better. And uh, that's what you want. You know, you you want to have tough schedules. And we've been, you know, very fortunate to play tough schedules and, and still be undefeated. Um, non-conference the last two years, the only high major team in the country. And, uh, you know, we, we want to keep playing, you know, tough schedules and, and getting ourselves prepared for the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament.
0: And I remember watching you, I think I know, interview right after the, the wonderful world of uh, conference alignment and uh, Washington and Oregon uh, joining the fray. Right. Any more thoughts? I mean, that's next year's problem. I understand, but just right. in terms of you're a big picture guy and a guy that that really deals with yeah. a lot of big picture issues facing college basketball. What's it'll your be- now? Now a couple months into it, uh, how do you, do you still see travel partners as part of the deal? How does that? Uh, how it'll is that inter- Yeah, it'll
1: be do? interesting. It really will. Um, I would think travel partners would come into play. Yeah, but I'm not, but I'm not sure um you know there there, we could stay at 20 games we could grow to 21 or 22 um you know just kind of looking at kind of breaking the bank a little bit in terms Hmm. of how many teams you have and what you're trying to do how many teams you're trying to get in like what's realistic like right now when we're at 14 like we're trying to get in 10 right 11 like you know that's kind of pushing the envelope like are we going to be able to get in 12 or 13 or 14? Like, like what, what does that look like? You know what I mean? So we're just trying to craft our conference schedule and our non-conference schedules and be smart about it and try to get as many teams as we can in there, um, you know, from the big 10 conference. So I know we're a year away from that, but um, they're going to have to travel a lot more than us you know going west to east and we we'll go east to west and, and and maybe we can put some things in there that can soften that a little bit for all parties but especially them like when you get new partners like you have to embrace and help them mm-hmm. you know this is different you know this isn't your dad's big ten
0: yeah
1: um, this is a lot different but it doesn't mean it can't be great and it doesn't mean it can't be the best and, and that's what we're going to strive to do yeah it's going to be an interesting time all right one well, well, a couple last questions.
0: Uh, one of the things, you know, I know has been a campaign in, in the department, John Purdue Club with Forge and and, and building uh, some things that are really built to keep kids at Purdue and make Purdue the best experience for all student athletes, but also using Chad Brown and, and that group with Profile Behavior, a group you've used a lot, meaning you take a lot of thought into what pieces work with your program and from a from a standpoint of personality talk about that briefly just about what that's meant to yeah. you and how not necessarily how it's going to change but uh, maybe also a, a positive in terms of retaining the best kids at purdue in all sports
1: yeah And i think the thing that we've done a better job of is, is not necessarily the recruiting piece but yeah. the evaluation piece yeah. you know anytime you get hired in a company or a school district or a corporation, you know, the things go, you get a background check, you go through HR. Like there's a lot of stuff right there. We'll, we'll just do the same thing. Do a lot of vetting yeah, and break things down and um, figure out not just the individual, but figure out the people around them, F- figure out what their expectations are. You know, is education important? Is winning important? Um, is it only about you? Um, because there's, there's nothing wrong with having, You know, a little bit of that greed and selfishness to where like, hey, like I want to be a big part of this and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's got to be about winning and and, and you got to be able to sacrifice and can that person um, do that and can the people around that young person do that. Like, so take everything in, you know, Chad Brown does a great job, you know, with profile and just the disk assessment and the values assessment and everything that they do and just trying to help us doesn't necessarily give us answers but it gives us questions leading to hopefully the answers, you know, is this guy the right fit for us? And, you know, it, it's never absolute. It's one tool in the toolbox. Yeah. You take a lot of different things in, <clears throat> but it's been very beneficial for us. I would, I'd, I'd recommend it, whether you're, you know, hiring to, for a new school teacher or a professor, or, you know, somebody in business or, you know, or the situation and how we do it, you know, in men's basketball.
0: I, I always ask you a baseball question this time of year. Your Cubs did not make it. They did not. Um, and I don't follow it close enough to even speak very intelligently. But you do follow team sports and and uh, understand what it takes to win. I'm a, I, my daughter lives in Philly, so I've become a Phillies fan. Their their there environment go. there is fantastic. But what do you see? And and I know you don't aren't living on every pitch. You don't have time to do that. But uh, right. just in terms of baseball, what do you see? What do you see for the for October?
1: Well. Like I follow it now, but the Cubs are out. I don't follow us. I try try to watch, but I thought the Cubs had a fabulous season. They, you know, obviously they put themselves in a great position and they didn't finish like they wanted to. Um, They had a lot of guys get hurt. They had two different guys that started in their rotation, end up being their bullpen. They had, you know, injuries in their bullpen. And so like he was moving a lot of pieces around and just trying to make do almost. And they lose their closer at the end of the year. And he comes back at the end and they lost Marcus Stroman. Um, But they had a lot of people step up. They have some really good young talent um, coming through the system. I mean, some really good promising players, but they also like, you know, Cody Bellinger was a, you know, just had a fabulous season for them and just happy for him because, you know, he, you know, been MVP of the league and then had some tough years and now the Cubs did a, I thought a great job and, and, and given him that opportunity. And now whether he's with the Cubs or not, like it really sparked his career. So happy for him. I hope he's with the Cubs because I I would like to know about improvements if he's not with them. Cause I think that's hard to say, especially when it comes to hitting and his ability to play center field and first base at a high level. Um, The middle of their diamond is, is, is fabulous. And you know, with their shortstop and second baseman, Nico Horner had a great year. He's got a chance to get a gold glove. Um, but Dansby Swanson coming over for the Braves and, uh, they picked up Candelaria. So I don't know if they'll sign him or re-sign him, but he was, a uh, he was with him originally then obviously left and came back and, but he's a good player. They have a, they have a young catcher named Amaya. That's yeah. really a chance to be a good player, but Jan Gomes had a fabulous season, you know, with that pitching staff and also, you know, hitting, he had a lot of key hits um, you know, I could go on and on and go through every guy <laughs> and, through know you. Leagues. and so I watch a lot. Um, and, and so I put a lot of time into it and, and, and watch it, but they, um, you know, Ian Happ was an all-star two years ago, yeah. you know, Bellinger was, you know, was an MVP. Suzuki was as good as anybody the last two months of the season. Um, just had a fabulous season. You know, he's a top five hitter in the league the last two months of the season, and he's battled some injuries and the adjustment coming over. Um, two years ago. And so I think he can really break out and be an all-star caliber guy. So if they could re-sign Bellinger and then some of these young guys really be their backups is the way I look at it. Canaris and Pete Crow Armstrong, maybe Matt Mervis gets another crack at it. Um, they got other guys in there. So what they did with the Javi Baez and the Chris Bryant and the Rizzo trades is is really going to benefit them. There's a lot of Cubs fans that got upset about that and it wasn't a good move. It was a great move. And we all appreciate those guys and everything they did for that organization. But at times when you have to shift, um, you have to shift. And and they did it. I the only mistake I thought they made was letting Schwarber go for nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you could have got something for him, or you know, they they took Jock Peterson for six million. And I think Schwarber signed with the Nationals for 10 three years ago, or if that was it. Now that that's about the only way I look at it to where it was like, man, you got to get something for him get him signed, get something for him or keep him. I've always loved him. And they had to know through the competition committee or whatever they call their stuff that the DH was rolling and it was coming through. And he just would have been fabulous in Ricky Wrigley field as a DH. Um, you know, obviously he came up as a catcher um, and then shifted to uh, to the outfield, but um, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. They, they, they got to get it figured out with their starting rotation Um Obviously Travis Steele had an all-star season, probably a top five pitcher in the national league. Yeah. So for him, like just building off of that and becoming one of the best pitchers in baseball reminds me a lot of John Lester, obviously bigger and lefty. And um, so like going through their, their starters and some of the stuff, they had some guys come on at the end. Yeah. Jordan Hicks was good. The, the dude from K state. Um, he really pitched well. I'm missing another young pitcher that, that came on that pitched well. It's, it's But they got to just get depth there. It's almost like you got to have seven starters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's crazy, right? Um, But you almost got to have like seven starters and then feel really good about those those two guys that don't start being your middle relief guys and getting a lot of cracks at it. And then when shit goes down, like now they can step in and start games. Like, and so if it doesn't happen, then beautiful. But it seems to happen to 80, 90% of all staffs as they go on. Um, you know, throughout the season, so I can talk a lot more about the Cubs than I can anything else. So I know, but it's good stuff. And,
0: I, and I'm, <laughs> really, I'm really way past my due date, but I got to ask you. What I mean, because what with baseball and 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 your attention to detail in basketball, what do you learn from? what, I mean, you've been a lifelong oh, yeah. baseball. Like I went like, what, to yeah. What I get
1: it? twenty games. I get twenty games. A friend of mine has season tickets, so I take twenty games off of him, and I normally make about twenty five percent. I went to like six games maybe this yeah. year then I just take care of other people and that help us or, you know, just friends of mine that to give them tickets, but just, you know, watching the game and, and I mean, you know, yeah, what, how does
0: it correlate just to being a
1: student to... of the game, just yeah. understanding what's going on around you. I think yeah. that's the most important piece. And, and that's kind of how I got to where I am. I look like I'm not like arguing with refs or I look like I'm not that engaged at times. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking and I'm really just thinking about the next play. Like don't let something get past you here like know what's going on if if these two or three things happen let's be prepared and, and and let's know and so like when i get emotional and i get into things i sometimes can fall out of my frame and so i don't i don't allow myself to get emotional too many times um so you think it through but when you go to a baseball game and and they've made it more enjoyable because now it's not as long with the pitch count and everything so you can get in you know 2 to 3 hours but just watching what's going on there's so many things going on you know, defensively now, there's there's so many things going on from an offensive standpoint, like what they're trying to get accomplished And You know, sometimes they're they're living for the, you know, the home run or the the rally. And sometimes they're just trying to manufacture a run. Um, but it's fundamentals. Um, it's communication. Um, it's being on the same page. Um, but it's also doing your work. You know, you got to do your work. You know, from batting practice to fielding practice, to little things, to watching and film, like be a pro. And, uh, obviously those guys at that level are, but when we talked to our guys, I said, you know, being a pro is, you know, your, your secretary or being a pro is a school teacher, you know, the people that come early and stay late and coach Katie used to call him a company man, Yeah. you know, be a company man, you know, learn to do what's best for the company. And, um, it's so true, but you, you know, you can learn a lot from other sports. Um, you know, if you got, you got to pay attention, yeah, I know what's going on first of all, but you got to, you got to pay attention. Well said, I uh,
0: could uh, continue this conversation <laughs> for hours. We will not, I, I promise you, go. but thank you so much for your time and always interesting. And, and uh, we appreciate uh, that very much. Good luck this season. Good luck for the rest of practice. And God, you've got media day in Minneapolis next week. And by, the end, of the, month you'll, by the end of the month, you'll be in what Fayetteville playing a game. So that's, uh, oh. that's coming up fast, but thanks again so much. And uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes uh, for our next segment. Uh, talk a little Purdue, Iowa football, which I think Matt Painter could talk about as well, but we're we're gonna start no, 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 no,
1: no, no. <laughs> right.
0: sounds good. Thanks again, thank Kobe. you. Thank you.